Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Uh, one group that is um, actively working to uh, uh, clarify what is happening in our business lives is AMRO. And every year they do their ASEAN Plus 3 Regional Economic Outlook or ARIO. It's a flagship report published by them. In the fifth edition, the ARIO 2021 discusses the most pressing issues pertaining to growth outlook marked by the ongoing pandemic, also the evolving trade and technology landscape. Joining us now to talk about the ARIO 2021 is Lillian Ong, Group Head for Financial Surveillance and Acting Group Head for Regional Surveillance at AMRO. Lillian, great to have you on Money FM Weekend Mornings. Morning, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Although I'm not sure if uh, I should thank you for making me think about the state of the world <laughs> on such a lovely day. <laughs> well, if it's, any, if, if it's any consolation, it's going to rain later on. So that might be more appropriate, <laughs> right, in some ways. Uh, but it, all that uh, aside, we do thank you for coming on on a Sunday morning to talk about this. You know, business never stops. People never stop thinking about business, how they can do it better, uh, what the uh, impact of uh, different events around them will have on their business business life and their industries. And that's why I think this ARIO 2021 is so valuable uh, to uh, to everybody. They can really understand the lay of the land, what some of the key issues are, and perhaps glean some strategies from that. Give us an overview, if you don't mind, because you were instrumental in putting this report together. I know uh, you and, and there's a great team there at AMRO as well. But tell us, uh, give us an overview of the report and, and what it entails. Um, so, Glenn, the, the report uh, started in 2017. Um, the inception was in 2017. Um, and since then, it's come out every year around the uh, April, May uh, period. Um, and what we try to do is to have both a uh, short-term and a longer-term view of the region uh, in the report. So the short-term or conjunctural, as we call it, uh, looks at what's happening in the next year or two. Uh, so it's a, a short-term outlook, uh, so to speak. And then we have one that uh, is, of course, going to drive growth um, uh, you know, um, in the longer term. So the structural issues confront, confronting the region, so that becomes the second part uh, of the report. Um, and this year, as, as you said, we have the usual outlook, the challenges, the prospects for the region in the short term. And uh, a second chapter on global value chains, which, of course, as we know, uh, has become the you know, topic of the moment during this pandemic. Yeah, any surprises as you did the research and looked around uh, not only, well, we know, we know the big impact of COVID-19, but any surprises in the results or the uh, things that you found in this report? Um, no, I mean, we've been looking at it, as you know, uh, you know, I mean, these things are an ongoing um, surveillance uh, exercise. And I, I think the, you know, the big uh, thing that comes out of it is, you know, we, we don't know what we don't know. Um, just as you think things are improving, you know, with the uh, pandemic coming off, the waves of infection moderating and uh, vaccines coming online and then you hear about a new variant so you go back and revisit your your baseline scenario again and maybe tweak your adverse and your upside scenario so i think um, it will be the year of the unknown um, and you're going to see just like last year uh, a lot of forecasts change uh, very quickly 
uh, as as new uh, information comes out about the pandemic. Yeah, we'll get and I think that will drive. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I think that will drive sure. growth this year. Yeah. Uh, and we do want to talk about some of the specifics of uh, what was in this REO 2021 in just a moment. Uh, a more general question first, though, and that is, do you find that um, organizations uh, spend enough time looking at reports like this or, or looking at other bits of research to really uh, dig down and find how the research applies to their organization, to their business plan? Do do business leaders spend enough time thinking about these issues? Um, well, we do get uh, feedback um, and sometimes from, uh, you know, surprising uh, sources. Um, I think they do, but it's also incumbent upon us uh, as the producers of those reports to make it digestible. Mm. So in the ARIO, for instance, um, you know, we have the main text which can Rab it on a bit, <laughs> um, but we also try to have little um, how shall we say vignettes, uh, like little boxes which may be of interest to um, you know the uh, people who might be more technical. The broader text is uh, for general reading, um, and then maybe um, more technical issues in appendices, etc., um, or you know statistics. So. Uh, I think it's also incumbent upon us, especially in this day and age where there is so much information coming in from everywhere, to make sure that, you know, if we want our report read, uh, it should be uh, digestible and easily accessible to all. Now we're talking with Lillian Ong, the group head for financial surveillance and acting group head for regional surveillance at AMRO and the, the uh, one of the main authors of this uh, new report, the ARIO 2021, discussing pressing issues pertaining to growth outlooks and marked by the ongoing pandemic and the evolving trade and technology landscape that we face uh, across ASEAN. What type of company or is, is there a specific type of company or size of company that benefits from looking at the REO 2021 and, and, and taking away some of those great takeaways? Um, I think it, uh, you know, just as I said uh, previously, that's a bit of everything for all. So, for instance, in this year's um, conjunctural chapter and in, you know, every, uh, every year, we look at what is topical. So this year, of course, you know, the pandemic and how it will, the scenarios, um, upside, downside. Uh, so if you're interested in, you know, what, what could be the worst thing that could happen, you know, the, the upside uh, of the, the uh, vaccines, travel, mm. um, it's there. If you want to look at trade, uh, so if you are a trade-minded or trade-focused company, um, we talk about that. We talk about, um, you know, the U.S.-China trade deal, how that's progressing. Um, we look at, uh, if you are concerned about economic scarring, which of course is, you know, the, the phrase of the year, um, then we also have a section where we look at what's going to happen, and maybe we'll discuss this later, uh, in markets, um, how that's affecting or could affect banking books. Um, and if you are a policymaker in, you know, interested in policy uh, or a company that is thinking, you know, what are policymakers thinking? Um, we, because we interact a lot with our member authorities, we also have a section on that, um, you know, where we think policy is heading, what the current stance is, uh, and so forth. Hmm. Very interesting. I, I know there's, the report is, is very rich. There is a lot in there. Uh, let's go, let's get right into it. What are some of the, uh, 
ASEAN plus three regions economic outlooks looking like for for 2021-2022? What are some of the big uh, headline takeaways? Okay, so um, I think for the coming year, the takeaway will be that uh, growth will rebound. Um, and we are projecting for the region uh, 6.7% this year after a marginal contraction last year, you know, it uh, contracted at 02 um, and then it will moderate to 4.9% uh, in 2020. Um, part of this strong rebound uh, will be because of the low base last year. Mm. Um, and this number will large, and this you know, 6.7% number will be largely driven by China, of course, where we are forecasting growth of 8.7%. Um, the ASEAN sub-region as a whole is projected to grow at about 4.9%. Um, it sounds, you know, and I say about, <laughs> it sounds very precise. Um, and some of the factors, I think that, um, you know, um, as I said earlier, that we've incorporated in, um, but that is going to change uh, over time. Um, we are into our baseline scenario. We've incorporated a gradual uh, relaxation of uh, physical restrictions, gradual border reopenings, um, and maybe if you know all else goes well, a full reopening by the end of 2022. Mm. Although with with these new variants, who knows? Yeah. Um, externally, we are thinking we are looking at um, a resurgence. You know the the negative bit. You know so that's those are the positive uh, uh, factors uh, on the negative side. You know, resurgence in uh, infections again, uh, and we have seen that already. Uh, the U.S.-China trade and tech tensions, which I think has sort of gone, mm. you know, uh, sort of to the background because of uh, what's happening with the pandemic. Um, and then the scarring, as I said earlier, uh, scarring of the economy, the old economy, what's going to happen. So that is um, baked into our baseline. And then we have the upside and uh, downside, of course. Yeah, Lillian, it's it's great to see that you're predicting the kind of rebound, as you mentioned, four percent for ASEAN, six point seven percent over overall in twenty twenty one. Are there specific companies or specific businesses that are you think will see the most upside as a result of of that bounce that bounce positive bounce coming back? Yeah, we see uh, obviously manufacturing has already uh, bounced back. Um, and as companies go more into, and, you know, I think this uh, pandemic has forced everyone, you know, or uh, you see this flight to technology. Mm. So I think as uh, these manufacturing companies become more familiar with these new uh, technologies, um, we're going to see a pickup uh, in productivity as well. Um, and of course, you know, the ones that are uh, or have suffered and will continue to suffer uh, other more um, face-to-face service type uh, um, industries. Tourism is a big one. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you, you're seeing a bifurcation, I think, in, in what's happening uh, in terms of the recovery. And I think that's what we are concerned about. You know, the ones that, have, that are still under the, the yoke, so to speak, mm. um, you know, permanent scarring uh, or some form of scarring going forward. Yeah, and uh, would would it be right to assume that much of that bounce back, that uh, 6.7% would be kind of pent-up demand that has been, you know, money that's been looking for a place to go for the past year uh, or people, uh, like you say, finally getting out because of physical restrictions have been relaxed? It's, it's not necessarily true growth, right, in a particular industry, but 
but just people getting out finally after a long uh, a long winter if you will uh yes i, I think in it will be uh, that in part um obviously you know and and we we hear and read a lot about um people not having not being able to spend their vacation money for instance sure. right using it for something else um and as it, so and can you imagine when borders reopen the the pent up demand <laughs> that's going to sort of let loose uh yeah. you know you're you're seeing already um bookings whenever um travel is allowed in some countries so yes absolutely there will be that pent up demand um that will come um but you know that's um not necessarily a bad thing we saw that uh you know in the and i'm dating myself here uh, in the recovery from the the asian uh financial crisis uh, there was this huge pent up demand that sort of helped surge the recovery mm-hmm. Do you sense that this recovery might be different, though? Because as we have seen already, there's new variants, new strains of COVID-19 coming out that are, uh, for example, pushing India into a a new lockdown phase. Japan has had trouble. Uh, We've seen a number of countries, uh, not only in Asia, but around Europe, etc., that are seeing new variants come. Could this could this affect that bounce back recovery in a way that the Asian economic crisis didn't have any limits on it when when the bounce back started then? Yes, um, I mean we saw that last year. If you look at the trajectory of uh, the recovery, um, you had that lockdown period, the Great Lockdown, uh, yeah. you know, as uh, the IMF uh, very nicely terms it, um, and then it, it was a quarter of really really bad. Uh, data mm. and then you had a very sharp rebound once uh, reopening starts right because it wasn't a financial crisis that really got into the bones of the economy and you know uh, keeping our fingers and toes crossed that that won't come to pass as well uh, post pandemic yeah. um so we already see that in the uh, the rebound, uh, you know, um, of the recovery, and I think uh, we will see that, uh, you know, going forward because it is very much as you have um, intimated. It's it's a stop start recovery, isn't it? Um, some countries go, you know, they sort of come flying out, and then they have to shut down again. So I, right. I think that's um, that's going to be a problem. But having said that, I think we've all noticed that countries have become uh, much more adept at managing surges now in infections. Hmm. Um, we are unlikely to see this uh, great lockdown again. Um, it's going to be more targeted either to provinces, cities, uh, etc. So I think in that regard, everyone's adapting and learning how to deal with this. Uh, and hopefully at some stage, the, um, you know, the vaccines will, will catch up. Isn't that hard? Is, does that make it I guess additionally hard for companies to to use research to plan if if this you know the the re, the, re, uh, the rebound has been a W it's been now probably a couple of Ws uh, or maybe several Ws maybe it's www.recovery.com here uh, in terms yeah. of the the ups and downs that we've seen and continue to see uh, does that make it difficult from your perspective to to try to get a hold on this on this research that you're doing and see really what what direction things will go with it with a, such an uncertain future. Um, so, with you know, we we always think that uh, the way we look at our research is that you know it's not it's never going to be precise as we 
uh, talked about right at the start, right? Um, but I think the trajectory is there. The vaccines are there. Um, it's then it's a matter of the trend uh, of the um, you know the pandemic and the uh, speed of vaccinations. Of course, you, you know uh, we and again uh, I raised this earlier. The new variants that come. Uh, are they going to be yet a whole new round of a pandemic, a, a whole new pandemic again, or is it going to be manageable? Mm. Um, but markets, if you look at markets, the trend is there. Um, ever since March, April last year, markets have you know turned around and have been quite buoyant. So they are obviously thinking, well, you know, whatever it is, it's manageable. Mm. But of course, the the Danger then is that one day, you know, they they wake up and say, "Oh, hang on, maybe we are running ahead of ourselves." Right. And then you know, and then they they sort of converge with the what's really happening in the real economy. Um, but by and large, I think uh, the general, if if you just look at markets right now, um, the perception is that countries have learned to deal with it better, um, and they um, you know things are on a a better trajectory now. Yeah, we're talking with Lillian Ong uh, at, from AMRO. Uh, we have seen the uh, ASEAN Plus 3 economies uh, be really a, a, an engine for global growth uh, in the past decade or so prior to COVID-19. Do you think that this region, as we now kind of wobble back in some way, shape, or form to some sort of normality, uh, that, that ASEAN will still have this kind of huge impact on, on driving global growth. Yes. Um, in fact, Glenn, I have to, I mean, I think um, Asia, the ASEAN plus three region, will, um, will actually play an increasingly important role uh, in, in global growth. It, it is and will continue to be, of course, one of the fastest growing regions in the world. Uh, it's expected to expand by 5 to 6% in the coming years. And I think most, uh, most other regions would love to have that, that yeah. kind of luxury. Sure. Um, so we have uh, what, and this was covered in, uh, you know, if you don't mind, again, my product placement, uh, last year's ARIO, sure. where we talk about the factory Asia and shopper Asia uh, phenomena. Um, on the manufacturing front, um, and we talked about the quick recovery this time around, uh, the region produces almost half of the world's goods. Mm. Um, and you're going to see as we become wealthier, deepening intra-regional demand uh, and lessons learned from the pandemic about having to diversify uh, our supply chains. Um, I think that will strengthen the region's growth and you know, um, our resilience as we learn to do better risk management. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the pandemic has accelerated our flight to digital. So manufacturing productivity should benefit from that as everyone adopts these new technologies. Um, and then on the consumption front, um, you know, it's, it's, it was a, it's quite a, I guess, surprising number when you look at it. Um, but over the next 10 years, Asia is estimated to contribute more than 40% of urban consumption growth over the next wow. decade. Wow. Right, so so we are. Is that just, because you know, of that emerging uh, the emerging middle class that's that's coming throughout Asia? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's the shopper Asia part that we we look at. Um, and but I, I have to you know also I guess uh, be more balanced and say um, uh, look at what will happen within the region uh, in terms of our dynamics. Um, the the pandemic and its recovery. You know, 
is going to cause uh, inequality. I think that's that's something that's on everyone's minds. So within our region, um, any divergence in the pace and the quality of recovery uh, from this pandemic could potentially lead potentially lead to widening uh, regional inequality. And I think that's something we have to be very uh, careful of. Mm. Um, and that's why, you know, um, things like uh, vaccine diplomacy, making sure that... Uh, I, and I really like what, uh, you know, the Gates Foundation, uh, they have this quote. Uh, I think, um, pen, uh, what is it? COVID anywhere is COVID everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> right? So, sure, sure. So, I think it's very important. I think uh, that everyone gets their vaccines because you can't just open up, you know, if everyone else is still uh, closed. Yeah. When you talk about uh, some of these risks you just mentioned, you know, the the inequality that might be happening, that would certainly be one of them, I would think. But what are some of the other risks that, that would threaten the region's recovery as, as we go forward in 2021, 2022 and beyond, besides that inequality of vaccination programs, for example? Mm. Um. Well, it's, you know, I think it's going to be largely pandemic, uh, pandemic, uh, dependent. Uh, that's our view. Um, we have this global risk map where, where we place our key risks. Mm. Um, and many of them are pandemic dependent. So will, um, will there be permanent scarring of, um, the corporate sector? Right. And then that leads potentially to, uh, banking crisis if they cannot repay their loans, mm. households, unemployment, again, if they cannot repay their mortgages. Um, yeah. For the longer, maybe the medium term, uh, if the um, spending, fiscal spending has to continue, will that lead to a sovereign debt crisis? Mm. Uh, having said that, you know, I, I shouldn't <laughs> alarm everyone. Uh, in the region, we, we think policy space is still quite moderate. Uh, it, it has narrowed um, and in some cases has moved from ample to moderate, but mm. we still have a bit of room to maneuver. Yeah. But of course, it cannot last indefinitely. You need to keep all of these things in the in the rearview mirror and in, in, the, in the front uh, windscreen as well, don't we? Uh, <laughs> yes. So much, so much going on. Lillian, thank you so much for being with us. If somebody wants to get a hold of this report, it is available, is it not, for them to view? Yes, it's on our uh, our website. Um, emro-asia.org emro-asia.org okay we'll put that in the chat uh, great to have you on today thanks thanks for the report and the insights today Lillian Ong the group head for financial service surveillance and acting group head for regional surveillance at AMRO pleasure to have you with us here on Money FM thank you Glenn have a lovely weekend thank you and you too to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.